Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? It's good to be with you. I hope that you're doing well. Um, God is on his throne. doesn't appear that way to us, but he is. He is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's present everywhere. And he loves us always. And he loves you always, even when you're not at your best, even when you fail him, even when you fail yourself. He never stops loving. He is not... A uh, fallen, a fallen creature like we are. He is love. It's not that he's loving. It's that he is love. And if you exist, he loves you. And if you don't believe it, he loves you still. And if you don't like it, he loves you still. You don't have a choice in who God is. He loves you. He made you for himself. And we have, um, uh, we had somebody who emailed yesterday and said that she grew up. She was thanking the Sisters of St. Agnes that she grew up um, on the Baltimore Catechism. She thinks the greatest book that's ever been written, and uh, that's seconded by a number of people. I did not uh, have not read the Baltimore Catechism myself, not coming into the church. And as a child, I was Jewish, so I still am Jewish. I'm the greatest Jew the, the the greatest thing a Jew can be is to be Catholic. That's the greatest Jew is one who is Catholic, who believes in the promises of God and the Jewish Messiah whom he sent and who is coming again. But we need to repent. Um, so we've been going through, through the Baltimore Catechism. Who is God? Why did he make you? Uh, um, all of that, that he's the creator and we are not. Um, that's what uh, similar to what God said to St. Catherine of Siena. I am God and you are not. <laughs> um, she's the one who said, God, if this is what she was going through, so many trials, if this is the way you treat your friends, it's no wonder you have so few. Did you ever hear that? <laughs> that's a pretty famous statement of hers. Um, but God let her say many, many things that we might cringe at. But finally he said to her, I am God and you are not. <laughs> Um, I'm the potter, you're the clay. And so we are up to the question that says, why is it necessary to know God? Why is it necessary? What is the end of man? The end of man is to know and to love and to serve God. Why is it necessary to know God? Not a good idea. Why is it necessary to know God? And the answer given is, it is necessary to know God because without knowing him, we cannot love him. And without loving him, we cannot be saved. We should know him because he is infinitely true. Love him because he is infinitely beautiful. And serve him because he is infinitely good. Why should you know God? How could you love someone you don't know? You're about to get married. Do you love him? Do you love her? No, I actually, I don't know them. I've never, we've never really met. Well, that is the case in some cultures. 
Uh, it was the case in the Jewish culture. If you've seen Fiddler on the Roof, you've seen that. And it's it's uh, much the case today, even in the Indian culture and other cultures. Um, you can decide to love someone. You can grow in love. But you cannot love someone you do not know. And without loving him, we cannot be saved. How is that? I don't really feel love for God. I'm Catholic, though. I don't feel love for God, so that means I can't be saved. No, we're not talking about feelings. We're talking about love. One of the greatest verses on love in the scriptures is John 3.16, which every evangelical knows by heart, and every evangelical Catholic should. Every Catholic should know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the verse on loving God and being saved. God so loved the world that what? He felt good about it? No. Uh, that he gave. It's a verb. Love gives. First uh, Corinthians 13, the love chapter, is all about what love does. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love does not hold a grudge and so forth. The whole scripture, outside of 1%, speaks of what love does. What love does. And the um, uh, when two people are in love, uh, that's another kind of love. And um, uh, the thing is, it's in the Old Testament, would say uh, Adam knew his wife Eve, or Abraham, uh, Abram at that point, knew Sarah. Now, what, what does that mean? It means he loved them. Um, and the, and new is uh, the way the respectful world used to speak about marital embrace. He knew Sarah. That means they had marital relations. They didn't use the word sex. Uh, they didn't use degraded language. But Abraham knew Sarah, and everyone knew what that meant. I wish we would use that today. So we should, um, uh, without knowing him, we cannot love him. Can't love someone you don't know. And without, lo- and how do you love God? How do you love him? You 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 feel good about him. You uh, as you would about someone you meet and fall in love with. No, God gives us emotions and sometimes emotional feelings and experiences of loving him. But for the most part. Loving God means doing the same way God gave. So love the world that he gave. We so love God that we give. What do we give our whole lives to him? Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It means doing. It means obeying him, not doing our own thing, but obeying God. And we should know him because he is infinitely true. The truth, Jesus said, sets us free. It always, always, always sets us free. We should know him because he is infinitely true. True without end. Every word he says is true. And if we know him, uh, then we know truth. And we love him because he is infinitely beautiful. The heavens declare the glory of God. It's, it's infinitely beautiful, and we serve him uh, because he is infinitely good, good without end, good without measure. Uh, 
he's a magnificent king. He's a king, and he rules. And he rules with a, with a heart of love, and if we turn from him, we may feel his wrath. Yes, but he loves whom he loves, he chastens. So why is it necessary to know God? Go ahead and answer. Go ahead, your turn. Because without knowing him, we cannot what? Love him, right. And without loving him, we cannot be saved. We should know him because he is infinitely true. Love him because he is infinitely beautiful. And serve him because he is infinitely good. It's impossible to know the goodness of God and how blessed we are that he has created us to have God as our Savior, as our very life, and not just blessed we as Catholics are, um, but how blessed we are to have such a God. He's not the God of the Catholics and uh, everybody else. Um, and has another God? No, that's what I thought growing up in my Jewish background. We have the true God. I don't know who everybody else has. Everybody else had the same God as we had. There's only one God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God, the triune God of Abraham, one God who exists in three persons, and the second person of the Blessed Trinity, God the Father, sent to earth, that he would take on flesh and blood, because God is a spirit, take on flesh and blood through the Virgin Mary and become man to bring us back to God. And his name is Jesus. Uh, Yeshua in Hebrew, Joshua in English. And then uh, Jesus translated into English from the Greek. Next question. Of which must we take more care, our soul or our body? Okay, this is a huge question today in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. This is a huge question. Of which must we take more care, our soul or our body? What's the answer to that? I can't imagine that the majority of people or 100% of Catholics would not get this right. We must take more care of our soul than our body. Why is that? Our bodies are going to die sooner or later. Uh, But our soul is immortal. It's going to live forever. And if we don't take care of it, it will live forever in hell with Satan and the demons. We are tortured forever in hell where the fire does not go out and the worm does not die. If we take care of our soul and we nourish it and we feed it on the word of God, on the sacraments, we keep God's commandments Um, and we grow to love him, to know him, and to serve him, then we're going to spend eternity with him, though our body will still die. So we take more care of our soul than of our body. There's the music, beloved, for our first break, and we will be back uh, in in a minute, and then uh, take the next question, and... Take um, your questions, your calls, your emails after the second break. Our toll-free number to call in is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com. And may God bless you. If you're looking to make the most out of what you can donate to Catholic Radio, making a transfer of stock is a great opportunity for your giving to go even further in support of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Please consider this option in helping us spread the gospel message over the airwaves and through mobile devices. Many people donate to charities by gifting stock. There are even substantial tax benefits for donating stock to a charity such as ours. Would you like to learn more about the possibility of gifting stock to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network? Please call us at 1-877-888-6279. That's 1-877-888-6279. You can also visit us online at thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your support of Catholic Radio. May God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have another 10 minutes before our next break, or a little more than that, actually. And so we're going to continue to read um, from the Baltimore Catechism. It's really a treasure, and it's very easily and simply written, because it's 100% true. And when one speaks truth, we don't need a lot of words. We just need um, good, uh, careful words. So we said, last question, of which must we take more care, our soul or our body? And the answer, we must take more care of our soul than of the body. Um, You know, I'm also noticing as we go through uh, this catechism, which I'm going through with you for the first time, of myself, that in answering every question, we repeat the question. So, of which must we take more care, our soul or our body? And the answer is, we must take more care of our soul than of our body. Um, uh, And the next question, why must we take more care of our soul than of our body? And the answer is, we must take more care of our soul than of our body. Now, we haven't added to it yet. We're just repeating the question. And then we end it with the answer. Because in losing our soul, we lose God and everlasting happiness now. When I was in school, 
uh, we had to do this as children. We needed to repeat the question in giving the answer. The reason we must do this is because. We didn't just say because. We didn't start a sentence with because or give the answer without including the question because it showed that we listened well and that we absorbed it and we were answering the right situation. Um, I, I don't imagine those disciplines are included in our schools today, certainly not public school. It, it's a shame. Um, but here we must take more care of our soul and our body. And why must we take more care of our soul than of our body? We must take more care of our soul than of our body because in losing our soul, we lose God and everlasting happiness. Now, I need to say to you, I don't need to, I actually do need to, that uh, what I want to say is that every single priest in the world, whether he's a new priest, whether he's a bishop, whether he's the pope, whether he is a cardinal, every single priest should study the Baltimore Catechism. Because if he believes, if any priest, bishop, cardinal, pope, anyone believes that we must take more care of our soul than our body, and as shepherds, they are to shepherd us in in such a way that we take more care of our soul and our body, um, uh, because in losing our soul, we lose God and everlasting happiness, then churches wouldn't be closed, and the sacraments wouldn't be being denied. And nobody has to go 10 miles for confession. You see... The faith has been lost. The faith has been lost. Shepherds are not shepherds of the body, although they are. If a sheep is hurting, the shepherd's going to patch him up. There's no question about that. But he's there to save his life, so the wolf doesn't eat them. And the shepherd is here to save our souls, so that the, uh, the enemy of our souls doesn't consume them. And that's the job of every bishop. I've heard one bishop after another speak about the opening of churches with all the restrictions um, and masks and everything else um, uh, in order to care for our bodies. We don't need you to care for our bodies. We appreciate your helping us when there's a problem. When you visit us in the hospital and give us last rites without question, we need that. But we need you to care for our souls. You are the shepherds of our souls, and you have thrown us away in the name of keeping us healthy, keeping us alive. We don't care about that. Anybody is free to not go to church if they don't want to. But to close the churches and to uh, forbid the sacraments and make it very, very difficult is, um, I believe it's sin on the shepherd's part, and it's it's simply shameful and awful. Um, if we must take more care of our soul than of our body, because in losing our soul we lose God and everlasting happiness, that's why we were made. Why were we created? To know, to love, and to serve God. Everlasting happiness. Happiness in this life and... Um, and everlasting happiness in the next. There's no question about it. If we have God, if we die from COVID-19 
and we have God, we're in good shape. If we never, if we protect ourselves from COVID-19 and we don't have a relationship with God, we're not going to heaven. If we don't know him, if we don't love him, we don't serve him. You say, well, I've got one of those three, you won't go to heaven. I've got two of those three, then you won't go to heaven. What do you mean? I love God and I know him. I'm not serving him a lot. Well, then you're not going to heaven. Because to know him and to love him is to keep his commandments. It is to serve him. It's it's not a... Um, 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 not uh, how do what do you want to say it? Uh, pick two out of three, or pick one out of three. It's all three: to know, to love, and to serve God. And I would uh, plead with you, every single one, to examine your life for those three things. Do you know God? Well, I, I've known about him. I've known of him. And yes, I, I know him. I mean, I have the sacraments. I was baptized. And, and I go to church most Sundays and all of that. Um, uh, I know him. No, you don't. No, you don't. Suppose you uh, met um, a man or a woman. If you're a man, you met a woman. And you... Um, you you engage in a, a couple of things with her, but you really don't have the patience or the desire for those other things. And um, and you see her a lot, you know, I mean, a lot. I mean, out of 52 weeks a year, it, it probably a minimum of 12. Now, if she if you say, but I love her, she's going to say, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. You don't treat the one you love uh, so absent-mindedly to be absent, um, to be away from her, to not serve her. You do not love her. You may think you have emotions here and there, but that's not love. That's not love. To love someone is to give your life for them. And I would ask bishops, to lay down their life for the sheep as Christ laid down his life for them and made them his uh, shepherds on earth, descendants of the apostles who would never have even considered keeping people away from the mass. No way, no way. They would have crawled on their feet for miles to get to mass. Next question. What must we do to save our souls? Now, some of these seem redundant, but they are coming at the same thing because this entire chapter we're in is the subject is the end of man. It's the entire chapter, the end of man. Why is he here? Why do we exist? And so many questions, but all from different angles. And so... Um... Uh, let me see, um, if somebody comes up to you and say, are you saved? And you say, well, no, I'm a good Catholic and I, I, I hope to be saved. And they're going to say you're not saved at all. And for you to give that answer shows um, there's truth in what you've said, but it also shows a lack of knowledge of your current state. And so the question here is, what must we do to save our souls? Now, that, to the evangelical mind, is, is heresy. They would say, we don't save our souls. God saves us. 
we don't save our souls. God saves us. And we don't have to do anything just to ask Jesus into our heart. Well, that's doing something. That's absolutely doing something. And the answer here, which means you save your soul by asking Jesus. No, God saves it. Yes, but you have asked him into your heart. You have correspondence with him. With corresponded with him. It's not against your will. It's not against your free will. You've asked him into your heart. It's only God that saves. But we have a part in that. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so, whoops, I lost our spot. Hold on. So what must we do to save our souls? Answer, to save our souls. And if you're giving this question to a child, don't let them start with the rest of the answer. Well, we need to this, we need, no, have them repeat the question. To save our souls, it'll make them more responsible, more thoughtful. To save our souls, we must worship God by faith, hope, and charity. That is, we must believe in him, hope in him, and love him with all our heart. Well, Evangelicals say that. Catholics can say that. But John 3.36 says, um, those who believe in God will be saved. Those who do not obey him will perish. Now, will not be saved, but the wrath of God abides on him. So those who believe in him will be saved. Those who do not obey him will not be saved. And you say, well, there, I do believe in him. However, in the Greek, in the original language, the word that translates belief and obey is the exact same Greek word. Because to believe is to obey. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 2, I think it's verse 4, talks about the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. Faith obeys. Faith obeys. If faith does not obey, it is not faith. It's your own intellectual assent or thoughts, but it's not faith. Faith obeys. And if you don't obey, then you don't believe. And you're deceiving yourself. What does worship mean? W-O-R-S-H-I-P. What does worship mean? Worship means... If your child, if you ask the child the question and he or she says, it means, don't accept it. Because the question wasn't, what does it mean? What does worship mean? And the child should begin by answering, worship means to give divine honor by acts such as the offering of prayer or sacrifice. You see, worship is not a feeling. It's an act of prayer or sacrifice. Um, there's the music, beloved, and the next half hour will be entirely ours. Call in with anything on your heart. Um, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I was a little distracted here for a moment. Um, we have a half hour all to ourselves. We have Cindy and Kurt on the line, and um, you are still, there's time still for you to call in. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at Um Cindy from Albuquerque, hi. Are you there, Cindy? Actually, it's... Uh, actually, oh, it's, it's Cody. Cody. I read it wrong. I'm so sorry. It's Cody. Hi, that, Cody. My, that caught my me off guard. That's okay. It, it, it um, certainly caught me off guard that I, I made up a name for you. So sorry, dear. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I want to begin by saying I wish you a speedy recovery with your gallstones that you said the other day that you had. Oh, my goodness. Uh, by the way you sound you. on the phone, I would have never told you were sick. You are true. You were quite the well, trooper. It's, it's been over two years I've had all those, and I never, ever knew it. I just knew I was oh, for uh, gosh suffering with something, but I didn't know what it was. So, good. Okay. Thank you, Cody. God bless you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, my question is, so my my best friend, who I've known since I was 15, has converted to the Catholic Church from evangelical Protestantism Yay. through conversations that he... Yes, and I used to be a Protestant myself, and we had a series of conversations about the Catholic Church, and he's coming in. Great. He was supposed to come in on the Easter Vigil this year, but because of all the covid nonsense it it didn't happen but 
um, they worked out a date. Uh, our RCIA director and the team worked out a plan uh, for him and the other new communicants to be received. But the problem I'm juggling with right now is when they have their first communions, the precious body is being dipped into the precious chalice for supposedly for the reason of sanitary precautions against the coronavirus. And I, he told me this last week and I thought, Oh my gosh, I can't conceive this. Okay. Is the priest dipping the host into the precious blood? Or, the, or is he asking the children or the communicants to do it? Um, we have uh, we have uh, Eucharistic ministers doing it. I think they're doing it. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but you, whoever whoever's doing it, it does. I, it just I well, I find this inconceivable and it's well, sickening. Well, um, Cody dear, it's called intinction, and it's perfectly all right. But the priest must do it, nobody else. It's against the church's law for the communicants to do it. The priest, um, without gloves, must take the precious host, dip it into the precious blood. That's perfectly all right. You're going to see priests doing this at communion often. There's a reason for it. But... um, Rather than receiving, uh, and I think during the coronavirus, uh, the priest doesn't want to pass the chalice around with the precious blood. That's understandable. And so to dip the host, consecrated host, into the precious blood is one, and put it on the person's tongue, not in the hand. That would be a, a terrible thing. Uh, with the precious blood on the host. So the priest alone, no Eucharistic ministers, the priest alone has the right in the church to dip the precious, the host, into the precious blood and place it on the communicant's tongue. That's 100% okay. It's not a problem. In fact, Cody, the Eastern Church, Eastern Catholic, Eastern Rite churches do it only that way. They always dip. Uh, they don't use a uh, un- an unleavened host. They use little uh, tiny pieces of leavened bread, which I-, I don't. I never really looked into enough to understand. But they put the leavened bread on a little spoon and they put it in the precious blood and take it out and then drop it into the person's mouth. Um, but I've been at many masses with intinction where they don't want to pass the chalice around. And it's a way, for, as you know, receiving Christ in the host is receiving the whole Christ, even if you never receive the precious blood. And receiving the precious blood is receiving the whole Christ, even without the host. So First Communion, um, there are children who um, won't receive the precious blood at all in these days. They'll just receive the host, and that's 100% fine. But if this priest in this church would like everyone to have both the host and the precious blood, that's a perfectly uh, perfect way to do it. As long as no one touches that host and dips it in the precious blood, except the consecrated hands of the priest. That's the issue. Oh, for gosh sakes. Mm hmm. I, uh. I, 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 uh, okay. I had no idea about the concept of intention and, and that if the priest exercises that, that it's fine. But like I said, we have, I go to a church where what there do you mean, are, what do you mean intention? What do you mean the concept of intention? What are you saying? 
Oh, instinct, intinction. Is that what you're saying? Intention. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. okay, I misheard you. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Go uh, ahead. Okay, um, but but like I said, I I attend a church where the laity um, hand out the communion, and they have even. This is another one of those countless examples. I listen to your program every day, where people call in and say we're we, they ask us not to receive on the tongue, and I'm not putting anybody down because I for years I received it in the hand, and I I have felt led to change that, but I go to a church where. I haven't really ever seen that done. And now because of this, they're saying don't receive on the tongue. And we have Eucharistic ministers uh, handing out the, the communion. And I ha- I am 90% sure they're doing it this way. Uh-huh. Um, you, you mean intinction or just uh, Eucharistic ministers handing out the, the, ho- the consecrated host? E- Eucharistic ministers handing out the host. But yeah. That's my in most friend who's being received... Mm-hmm. My friend who's being received told me that um, that it's being that it's being dipped, and I highly doubt it's by the priest. It I've never be. even seen our priest stand up communion in our parish. Oh, this is unbelievable! Um, no, no one but the consecrated hands of a priest can handle intinction. No one, no lay Eucharistic minister, absolutely not. Um, the fact is, though, Cody, that. If this is First Communion, uh, no Eucharistic ministers gives a, a recipient First Communion. It's only the priest. Normally, the communicants of First Communion will come up separately before the congregation, and the priest will give them uh, the Blessed Sacrament. No layperson does that for First Communion. So something's very wrong there. And so the intinction is fine if it's the priest who serves the communicant, the the host and the precious blood together. That's okay. If not, um, have your friend or you uh, um, uh, for you speak for your friend with your friend and go up to the priest and say we cannot imagine receiving the host from anybody their father the first communion but from you and would you allow me to receive communion on my tongue i won't be holding up the line you don't have to touch my tongue there's no priest who knows how to distribute communion on the tongue properly that ever has to wear gloves or touch the tongue of any person. So I would find out exactly what's going to happen, and then if it's not right, um, I would go to, um, I'd make an appointment with the priest quick and and speak to him about this. You got and it. See, and see what he says, and if they say, I, I cannot, I cannot take this from a lay person, I just cannot... You're the priest who's bringing me into the church. Only from you, Father. Now, in the future, they can receive from Eucharistic ministers or extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist. I would not, but many, most people do in the Novus Ordo. The best thing to do, of course, is to find a good Latin parish if you can. That's the best thing to do. Then you will not have such abuses. And you will not have anybody but the priest distributing communion. And no one will receive it but on their knees at the altar. Okay, so how does this not happen in a Latin parish? I, I, I just heard you say that within the last year. I'm like, I didn't know it made a difference both ways. How does this not happen? What, what well, is we, the this? 
Okay, uh, re- uh, receiving communion in the hand and no, you will not. Uh, you will not have a Latin Mass priest ever give you communion in the hand, nor will any Latin Mass priest ever have a Eucharistic minister. I don't, if there's a thousand people in that church, everyone will receive kneeling at the altar, and the line around the church will just wait. Um, and on the tongue. It's the only way. It's the church's norm. It's what the church instructs. Now, the church allows communion in the hand, so it's not sinful. I I deeply regret that, but it's not sinful if the church allows it. But you will not go to a Latin church where anyone but the priest distributes Holy Communion and it'll be on the tongue while people are kneeling at the altar, at the altar rail. Um, if it's a large um, congregation, the priest will normally bring in other priests, uh, or even deacons can do that, but no one else. And okay, only on wonderful. The okay, okay, wonderful. Okay. I'll let you. I'll, all right, one one more quick thing, and I'll let you go. How did it's this? A, how did this become allowed with uh, receiving communion in the hand? What's and and you, extraordinary ministers? How did this even come about? It's if one of time. the, it, well, we make time for what's important, um, Cody. Um, it's one of the, um, I'm just going to say it, atrocities that is the fruit of Vatican II. It's the fruit of Vatican II. There is so much lost in the church. Uh, feast days that are no longer feast days before Holy days were holy days of obligation, even if they fell on a Wednesday. Now everything is transferred to Sunday. People don't know their faith anymore. It matters not to them. It's a Sunday and they go to church. Um, uh, there were no extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist, all of that. It is the uh, much of the, uh, I want to say, debauchery that came out of Vatican II. Does that mean there were there are no good things that came from Vatican II? Absolutely not. There are good things. But uh, mostly, the fruit of Vatican II um, has pretty much uh, destroyed our faith. It's, it's been awful. Um, if you want a good uh, discussion on that, you go to LifeSite News... And yesterday's version, there was an article on uh, that has both Archbishop Vigano and uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder speaking about Vatican II, the good and the bad. We retain the good, but we throw the bad out. And that's how it happened. Okay, that that's wonderful. I'm familiar with Light Side News. Is that a specifically Catholic news agency, or is it like Fox or other conservative talk? I mean, I, I'm, I know kind of what it is. Well, yeah, it's not like Fox or others at all, because the people who run it are, are it's a Catholic apostolate, but it was initially formed to cover only pro-life Catholic life site. It's the site for life matters. That's what it was. And it's pretty much... Uh, all pro-life matters. But as a world is facing degradation, abortion, uh, contraception, euthanasia, everything else, so many, th- and the destruction of the family, so many things touch on life itself. They all do. 
stem cell research and uh, embryonic cells being sold, you know, and aborted baby parts. So much touches on life, it almost all does, that LifeSite News has taken in everything that touches life. And so they have an international version, a specifically Catholic version, and a local version. So there's three versions you'll see on the top of their website. One of them is the Catholic version, and the others take in much more news from around the world as well. They're, they're utterly trustworthy. Thanks. Okay, Cody. God bless you, dear one. Uh, Kurt, hold on. There's our break, and we'll be right back after the break. And the um, um, toll-free number to call in, if you'd like to call in during the break, is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. And Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu Ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. I didn't take my faith seriously, which which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. We have 10 full minutes. And again, you're welcome to call in still with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. My friend Kurt from Boston, how are you doing, dear one? How are you doing, Mama? How are you feeling? Pretty good? Oh, I'm getting better every day. Thank you. There you go. Um, I would like to say, you know, it's funny, my my grandson, and, and this is to Cody as well, from one convert to another. We're all converts in this conversation. That's um, right. You know, in my own church, of course, when they put up the rules of you got to call for an appointment and a reservation, and you got to wear a face mask and Cardinal O'Malley has suspended communion on the tongue and the whole nine yards. He has so no right. This is what I say, he this has is what no I right. say to my grandson. This is what I say to my grandson and my wife. Why are we going to Newton, which is about 20 minutes down the road? And it's a Latin parish, but he says both rights, the Novus Ordo and that. So I said, because Grampy wants to receive on the tongue, just the way I'm pushing it with you. And when someone tells me I can't, oh, I wait, don't Wait, 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 Kurt, there. Kurt, I'm going to interrupt you just for my clarification. So it's, it's not a Latin parish, but it's Latin and Novus Ordo. And are you saying that even if you go to the Latin Mass, you cannot receive communion on the tongue in the Latin Mass? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the parish that I go to because I cannot receive on the tongue. Mm-hmm. See, the one where I, cannot, where I cannot receive on the tongue is in Arlington, okay? Yes. So I say, okay, I don't go there. I go about 20 minutes down the road. And I know the priest, and he he says the traditional Latin mass okay. twice. He says it almost daily and twice on Sunday. But All he right. also says the Novus Ordo as well. Okay. So I've gone to both Novus mm-hmm. Ordo, even on a Saturday or Sunday, the Latin mass. And I've taken my wife. I've taken my grandson. And at both rites, we receive at the altar rail, and we receive on the tongue. Good. Now, so, so now some people might want to receive in a hand. He'll do it. That's all right. Mm-hmm. When, but when you go to the Novus Ordo there, there's all men doing it. And it almost looks like he's got a subdeacon, two priests. It's great. And he, he does everything well. So without getting into arguments with priests and all this, even though my grandson goes to our parish church and he goes to the, to the Catholic high school there, you know, and I was just telling the screener that at the end of all this and all this confusion, what you need to do is when you're telling somebody, family members or whoever, you tell them the truth, you show them how to do it. And then you carry your cross because your cross, your body feels the heaviness of the cross, but the gravitation towards Christ in the sacraments makes you move forward. So I say, listen, Josh, when I'm dead and buried, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to say, I told him now, Josh, this is why I do these things. And this is why I'm explaining it to you. And of course, as you know, the cross sections in my life 
find me dealing with all sorts of people in all sorts of situations, including people who have Bible study groups that says, well, Kurt, you know, the apostles received in the hand. I said, they were ordained priests. Don't even go there with me. They were bishops. Exactly. So what I tell them, I go, look, look, the, the norm is what you say. But I try, you, you explain this to people, and then you let their free will dictate to them. That's why I say, okay, how do I love the Lord with my whole, whole heart, whole soul, whole mind, and all my strength? By doing everything I possibly can physically to show him that. And when I fail, I go to confession at least once a month. Yes, why? but you see, that's shows- a commandment. That's a commandment that Josh is not excused from. We're all, that's a commandment for all of us. But what we do with that is based on our free will, whether we're going to love God and obey him or not. This isn't, okay, and I'll even go back and forth with the teenager. I'll say, now, Josh, you're going up and receiving, but this isn't just towards my grandson. This is just an, this is just an example. I says, when you go up and receive, you have not consciously committed any mortal sin. No, Grandpa. I says, okay, I've done my part. Just remember that. I'm not trying to push it on you. I'm just reminding you. Now, okay. when, I say, when I say this to other people, I do the same thing. But I guess my whole point in all of this is, because of this coronavirus, the Wuhan virus, whatever you want to call it, it seems some bishops, some cardinals, some priests, oh, you can't receive on the tongue. It's funny. When I went away on vacation to the Cape, I was nervous because I thought, you know, I got to go to another parish. I says, please let me receive on the tongue. So where does it, what church do I go to? Corpus Christi. I go in there. Not only are they saying the mass, you know, the Novus Ordo, but they have a Latin inscription right where the Blessed Sacrament is. Now listen to this. I go in there. We all go in there. We got to wear your mask. Half the congregation was receiving on the tongue, kneeling, and they were wearing veils. And this priest was a former Trappist. And he gave one of the best homilies concerning, you couldn't believe it, and this is Nova Soto. And Edgar was his bishop down there in the Cape. And I always thought Cardinal O'Malley was in charge, and when they say the Archdiocese, I think it usually covers most of New England, is that correct? I I couldn't give you the boundaries on that. No, I don't know. I don't know. But I would, Kurt, dear one, we have to go on to another call, or we have a minute and a half left to the program. So, um, God bless you, dear one, and um, we'll speak with you again. You're doing you're doing well, Kurt. You're doing well, and uh, your grandson Josh will not be able to stand before God and told him and tell God that no one taught him the faith. God bless you, dear one. Okay, we're going to take Owen now from Massachusetts. Hi, Owen. Hi, Mother Miriam. How are Hi, you? Hi, dear. I'm great. Thank God you. Uh, it's great to speak with you, and it's great to be on. Uh, I'd like to thank you for all that you do. Uh, uh, thank you, dear Owen. It's very inspiring to listen um, to, to, you know, what you've been talking about, uh, especially with Cody and Kurt, um, mm. because a similar situation happened with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was raised my whole life, 
um, you know, Roman Catholic. And when I was younger, I would go to the uh, Latin Mass in Boston, Massachusetts, um, at Holy Trinity, but that church is no more. Um, I've noticed that, you know, there has been so much, uh, like you said, debauchery and corruption um, within the church um, with uh, receiving on the hand, uh, which I which I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, what should be done um, if, uh, you know, for example, I, I went to receive um, the Holy Eucharist by my tongue um, at St. John the Baptist in Quincy, Massachusetts, and the priest actually denied me the Eucharist yeah. um, and actually, uh, you know, shamed me at the altar. But um, How it was the awful. first time in my life that You I shouldn't be a priest. How awful. Just awful. Let me tell you, uh, Cody, sweetheart, um, we have 10 seconds. It's the end of the program. Can you call in again tomorrow? I want to tell... All right, sweetheart, thanks. Uh, My last sentence, look up LifeSite News. Uh, The Voice of the Family has an online conference today, live streamed on this matter, on communion on the tongue. It would be beneficial for everyone to see that.